1960, ITV executive Sidney Newman asked Brian Clemens to rework the Ian Hendry suspense show Police Surgeon into something called The Avengers. The programme lasted almost the entire decade of the 1960s and became integral in shaping the mod scene in England. Some of its stars, Honor Blackman, Diana Rigg and Patrick McNee, became icons of the spy movie culture that ran rampant through the middle part of that decade. These Avengers don't wear tights, they don't wield magic hammers or fancy shields, but the women are stunningly beautiful and squeezed into tight leather cat suits, so there is that. Join Thomas DJ, top professional, and Scott McGregor, talented amateur, as they journey through an England that didn't exist, but maybe should have, with umbrella, charm, and bowler. You know, that other Avengers podcast. Warning, no one will be admitted during the exciting paying for a package of razor scene. <laughs> yeah, I'd forgotten that one already, blessedly. Um, yeah, but it lasted forever, didn't it? <laughs> oh, oh, my Lord. Unfortunately, people, we are at that point. This is the ninth episode, I think, of the second season. Yes, it is. Um. The second of the uh, Dr. King episodes, which means already I'm kind of prejudiced against it. Although he's he's not wasn't as smug this time, was he? I, I yeah, yeah, we'll we'll get into my thoughts after the the okay the, the recap um, and such. But he's Thomas DJ, by the way. I am, he's Scott McGregor, talented amateur. And uh, this is, of course, your monthly dose of 60 swinging London spy shenanigans. Try saying that six times fast. <laughs> uh, with Umbrella Charm and Bowler. Um, and, and I believe this is officially our, our 12th uh, episode of this. Cause oh, so we have a year. This, is, this has been going on for a year then. A year, okay. yes. I mean, a year and a month now because we, we took that okay. whole December off. December, but, yeah. Yeah. And I misspoke last episode and said last episode was 12th, but this is actually our 12th. So Okay. Well, uh, well, thank you very much for those of you who have continued to follow this. I thought this was going to be a podcast that I just did because I made a promise a long time ago. Um, and if you're new to the realms of 110 and Mother, welcome. One twelve, uh, we we learned. Yes. What? Oh, oh <laughs> I don't like one twelve. <laughs> it's not as friendly as one ten. He doesn't He's ask nasty. to. He doesn't ask you to put suntan lotion on his back. Yes. So, oh, yeah. or maybe that's actually a good thing. Well, I'll take one ten, who's a bit of a perv, over one twelve, who just is nasty. He's just yeah, grumpy and just doesn't really move. He, he emotes about as well as uh, Dr. King does, actually. <laughs> yeah, and he has that fa a face that looks like he's perpetually sucking a lemon. Kind of. He reminded me of Ben Grimm and The Thing, actually. Yeah. <laughs> he's kind of rocky looking. Um, so, uh, the name of the episode is The Sellout. It was broadcast on November 24th, 1962 in London as a part of the ABC Broadcasting Corporation there. 
And its U.S. premiere was on the 6th of February of 1991 as part of the A&E. Remember A&E back when it was actually about arts and entertainment? Yes, yes. I remember I was, you know, alive and watching television when it first started, I believe. What was that? What was that? There was a robot chicken sketch where they they were talking. It's like A and E somewhere we got really really gay. Yeah. <laughs> Not quite as bad a, a crash and burn as like places like the History Channel and Discovery yeah. Channel that had like professional wrestling have- on it for a while, and then the alien shows. Discovery Channel had wrestling. I. Or was it sci? No, I'm thinking sci-fi. No, the Discovery oh, yeah, Channel sci-fi said, did, yes, because some, sci-fi was owned by USA. But Discovery Channel started doing like mad dramatizations of like, oh. you know, end of the world stuff, and like I remember seeing one in an actual college class it was like Discovery Channel on what would happen if the uh, Yellowstone Caldera went up, and it was you know like Sharknado level mm-hmm. of bad and. <laughs> There was one show that I used to like watching on uh, the History Channel, which was it was a, uh, about military history. Yeah, yeah, they, and, they used to have some good stuff. Yeah, and what they, the guy would do is he would explain the military tactics of famous battles. Yeah, yeah. which which that one it was only a half an hour. It was in and out. I really would, but anyway. Oh my god, we're gonna lose our we're gonna no lose our two battles. listeners if we keep this up. We got to get back yes. into this show. We we tortured them last time with cats and Oscar talk and. <laughs> but, um, so, who wants to do the dirty deed and summarize this thing? I'll try to walk us through it. Um, it opens with a scene of uh, Steed and Dr. King uh, coincidentally in the same place, and uh, mm-hmm. a shooting occurs. And once again, my mind goes, wow, you could just shoot anybody in Great Britain, apparently, <laughs> anywhere. And, you know, good that they go over and try to save the guy first, but literally no one goes looking for the gunman in any of these situations. So <laughs> it's, it's you know, no, no surprise that... Being a spy slash assassin in sixties uh, England was was very yeah. popular because you could get away with a lot of stuff, I guess, uh, until Steed gets on you and then he'll blunder through and and, and eventually arrest you. But yeah, conveniently enough, Steed and, uh, and and King are there when a guy gets shot and, and King proves to be a terrible doctor and lets him die. And uh, yeah. <laughs> And uh, well, we that's, that's usually the thing with most doctors on suspense shows in the right. 60s. You know, they, yeah, they, they're just there to kind of mop it up and, and figure out, you know, clues. But they're, they're not really great at saving anybody, you know, right on the spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was a good solid chess shot, though, too. So, you know, yeah. you can't really blame them. Uh, but we learn eventually that there's, uh, well, it seems like 110 is on vacation because we get to meet 112 <laughs> in the uh, in the organization and a couple other characters. And it seems that there's, you know, um, well, the, the basis is that uh, they need to protect this UN negotiator uh, who's, <laughs> who's possibly French, I'm assuming. He does use Monsieur I, a lot. I assume so. And he, he does a pretty good Monsieur, but he doesn't do much other French. Yeah. Um, well, he does talk about growing up as a as a young boy in Paris. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, and he's listed as Monsieur Roland, but as far as French accents go, he has about as good a one as anybody has in this show so far. Mm-hmm. I apologize to the audience. I seem to be losing my voice today. It's okay. It's okay. 
our lovely roller coaster weather here in western New York. It's mm-hmm. 45 one day and minus 2 the next night. Yeah. And... It, it's similar here, only a little bit milder. Yeah. It's like today, yesterday it was close to 50 degrees. Oh. Today it is in the 20s. Oh, we're getting the opposite. Like, the last couple yeah. of days have been really cold and we're supposed to have a warm weekend, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, my voice is suffering and I'm supposed to sing karaoke this Sunday, so that's not good. Uh... But anyway, back on track. Yes. Um, yeah, uh, the the main plot is that they're you know trying to protect this UN um, negotiator who you know somebody always wants to off the negotiator so a certain deal doesn't go through. Um, so Steed is doing busy work uh, as far as that's concerned, and and but we also find out that there's potentially a spy in the spy organization, double agent type stuff. And it might be leaking secrets, uh, you know, to, I don't know if they suspected he was leaking it to the negotiator or, or I wasn't real clear on that, but. Um, I think he was leaking information to, uh, the, the, the faction that did not want peace in East Asia. Right, right. Yeah, that's Cause, right. Cause we don't know anything about what he's negotiating other than it's about East Asia. East Asia and it's very vital and war will be called if, you know, if he doesn't succeed or whatever. Um, but you know, the, the subplot or, you know, maybe that's the subplot, but the, the real plot is finding, finding the mole in the organization. Right. And 112 apparently suspects that it's Steed and, and sends some minions to follow him. And eventually someone sends some minions to attempt to kill him as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'll get this right out of the table. I mean, I, I actually enjoyed this episode to, a, oh, okay. to an extent. I, I, I enjoyed the plot of it and I enjoyed, you know the the spycraft going on where Steed Steed is you know basically going to impersonate this UN ambassador to do a distraction and try to get the assassin on him instead of the ambassador uh, or negotiator. And I like how they they were very thorough about that. You know, getting the walk down and, and borrowing his cane and his hat, and you know Steed asking about all his mannerisms and stuff. That was some thorough writing there. I like that. Um, as far as Dr. King, he just, he luckily wasn't in it enough to completely ruin it. <laughs> so, um, unlike he does his, do the only bit of action in the, in the show. Right. That was, yeah, <laughs> that, that was one scene that wasn't real strong in my opinion, but, um, yeah, but yeah just um, let him do a kind of simple busy work instead of having to stand there and try to carry a scene with another actor for like five minutes uh, like he did in the last one, which he did not do well because he's still got the same, you know, just chiseled jaw. He's yeah. just stone face expression that he has and everything. And I uh, didn't really require him to try to do much more in this one. So he wasn't as painful in this one. Um, he still looks like a bargain basement burn Gornum. Yeah, you just got to do doctor shit in this one, basically, yeah. and, and some rugby shit. And, and, and we, complain. <laughs> yeah, and complain. complain. Well, it's, it's kind of funny. I mean, it's... And also, you know, the writers obviously missed a great opportunity near the end. He, he's in dire straits, and, and, you know, we should have taken the opportunity to, to throw some some real stakes in the show, and they, they probably should have just gotten Dr. King killed at the end of this mm-hmm. episode and had know steed you know maybe do some soul searching about man maybe i put my companions in harm's way a little too much you know it would have been the perfect way to segue him out and not have to recycle uh right. dr kimball scripts and plop in 
stone man well, to do it. <laughs> unfortunately, there is one more we yeah. got to endure, but that's later. Um, but and, and Judy comes back as his as his assistant. Yeah. To basically answer the phone <laughs> yeah. twice. I yeah. Uh, I was impressed by the car phone uh, scene oh, in this yeah. one. There was some nice technology going on. Um, but yeah, Dr. King, yeah, it was a little, the writing was fell apart for me a little bit near the end where Steed basically, I, I thought the scenes between him and King weren't bad actually, and it was just kind of, mm -hmm. it's kind of the standard, it was a template, you know, Steed getting somebody to, do his job, you know, with him, right. basically, and badger someone into helping him. And I, I just felt like Steed was like, man, it's just like every other person he knows in the world is like <laughs> not available this week because he's he's scraping the bottom of the barrel here. And you know. scale? No, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, Venus, Venus. Uh, yeah, no, no singing in this one. Sorry. No, but. Uh, I mean, you know, needless to say, Kathy could have taken out the uh, the, the assassin as well. Yeah. It would have just been like a more finely, you know, articulated judo chop instead of a rugby tackle. But the rugby tackle yeah. was cool. So so King does get to uh, to save Steed, and then it, it did show a little vulnerability, because I don't think Steed wasn't sure if he was going to make it or not I think right you know because he basically tried to set this up with King who's very and reluctant King was like, no I don't want to do that and he eventually baggers into him it's like all right what time I gotta be there <laughs> but but Steed wasn't sure this time he wasn't positive his companion was coming through because he called the check on him and I the way I read it is you know he, he was genuinely concerned that that King hadn't uh, wasn't gonna show up at the right time but of course he did you know Yes. So, um, or he just realized that the guy's so boring. Like, well, if he left his office at all, he's he's on his way to help me. Because what else has he got to do in his life? He's a spy. He's too boring. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He's got no life. If he's out of the office, he's coming to help me. He's a sucker. I, I mean, at least Doctor Keel seemed to have some life to him. You yeah, know, I called him Kimball again, didn't I? Why do I keep calling Doctor Keel Doctor Kimball? I don't know. That's another doctor in another show. Yeah, I, I realize that. It must remind me of, I don't know. <laughs> um, th this this episode is notorious for having a plethora of gaffes. Yeah, I was seeing some of those on IMDb. Um, mm -hmm. Well, actually, the only one they have is. Uh, Steed slightly overshoots his parking spot. Put yeah. money in the meter anyway, or something. Yeah, but I'm sure you have more for us. Um, I, I think that that the infamous uh, barbershop scene. I think that the the barber makes a number of uh, gaffes. Um, there are you can see a couple of times the boom mic. Oh, I missed it. Yeah, I was at a, looking at a very bad copy, though. So yeah. Um. Oh, this is it, it's it's just. I see. My problem with it is it's just kind of boring. The barbershop. Well, it was just a little silly that, like, you know. Yeah. 
but it was still good kind of spy stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, except that I, I don't believe that incompetent, you know, hitman was also a very good barber. So. <laughs> oh Lord, um, we have. This is one of the first times we've come to. We found somebody in the cast who's been here before. Uh, Anthony Blackshaw, who we saw in the, the Mauritius Penny, mm-hmm. uh, oh, is yeah. the po- hmm? yeah. I just pulled up his face. Yep. Yes, he is a policeman in this episode, and we're going to see a number of these people. Oh, J- Jillian Moore, of course, is Judy comes back. She's kind of a package deal with Doc. She's. You know that, that you're, you're in trouble when you want to follow her instead of him? Right. <laughs> what um, about 112? Do we ever get treated uh, oh, 112's grumpy? Uh, no. I think this is his only appearance. Let me see. But, yeah, he, he's, he's a much different presence than 110. Yeah. Uh, oh, indeed. Uh, yeah. And he was so kind of sour that I was thinking for a while that he was the, he was a turncoat. Yeah, I think yeah. we're we're meant to believe that because I mean he he doesn't do a lot of exposition when he like deploys his minions hmm. to follow Steed and stuff. So you think that you know essentially he's trying to have Steed killed possibly you know as hmm. um, but he he doesn't really voice his suspicions that Steed is the. The turncoat, yeah, we're we're definitely yeah. led to believe it's him and his minions, um, because of the mystery, even of Steed not being able to talk to one ten or the minister. Right. Um, this minister, I'm assuming, is kind of like almost M in his uh, yeah incapacity, you know, as far as talking to well, high level yeah. ambassadors and negotiators. And I am assuming if if we accept that this is one big continuity. Right. <laughs> that the minister they're referring to eventually becomes mother. Right. Oh, okay. In, gotcha. In the yeah. final, in the final um, season. <clears throat> um, but it's it's a bunch of guys sitting around talking most mostly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I rather liked um, Carlton Hobbs who played Monsieur Roland. Yeah, yeah, he was very charismatic. I mean, and his, him and Steed's scenes together were were very well written and a delight. You know, they played off each other pretty well. Like I said, I really like the scene where they're you know he's he's planning on being his double and explaining the uh, plan to him. Right. Thought that was very well written. Now, of course, it's time for a round of everybody's favorite game show. Did <laughs> Steed tap that? Did he? Do you think Steed tapped Harvey's wife? Oh, uh, maybe. Hadn't really given that much thought, but uh, <laughs> let's see where he had time to. But uh, maybe, well, maybe that's why Harvey. Maybe that's why Harvey was the you know the 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 turncoat because you know he had a beef to pick with uh, Steed, you know, yeah. climbing into his uh, Wheaties. Uh, the actor who plays <laughs> Harvey, Frank Gatliff, we're going to see a lot. He is in. Several episodes of this season, of this not of this season of this series. Plus, he was in the first episode of the New Avengers, which I still hope to locate one of these days. Oh, so we'll mm-hmm. continue on and have the complete Avengers experience. And he was a Doctor Who connection, and One Twelve was a Doctor Who connection as well. Mm-hmm. 
Arthur Hewlett. Okay. Uh, long story short, Harvey actually yeah, ends up becoming the uh, the, the, uh, the counter I, counter spy. Yeah. I was a little bit confused as to how he became a spy because he's an architect, isn't he? Yeah, because they they I mean, had his model there, and Steed was wondering over at it, you know, talking to his wife about it. The school for kids who can't read well and do know how want to know how to do other stuff too. Yeah, <laughs> but you know the the agency employs any number of uh, people with different expertise. You know, obviously they're I guess, like, I guess. They're like their multiple, their multitasking people like Kathy, of course, who could probably mm-hmm. also be an architect. You, you know, Honor yeah. Blackman just wasn't available. Well, apparently this episode um, was one of the three that were going to be shot for the first season before the writer's strike cut it short. Right. Dr. Keel transplant. Yes, it was a Dr. Keel script. Um, And they just, you know, whited out Keel and put in King. Actually, probably... Out, white out eel and put an ing. Well, and then that's why we, yeah, I mean, we, we should have just killed Keeling at the end of this episode and not yeah. had to live through another one. But I guess, yeah, but someone, no, but instead, like, hey, we wrote gets, the script, we might as well shoot it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And he ends up in one of the, the least tense standoffs in the world during the press conference. And I'm like, Okay. It's just it really yeah. I, just, I know I know you said you would enjoy it. I just I just don't think it's very good. I, I enjoyed the plot. It was okay. kind of boring, and I I, I I like where they I see where they were going with that. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. You know, it was it's a solid espionage plot. I think you know. Um, what did you pre- think of the <laughs> prodigious use of? Outdoor filming. I guess I didn't give it much thought. Because um, this is like probably the most outdoors insets we've seen so far. Huh. I guess I didn't really notice or give it much thought. I was just concentrating on <laughs> on the, uh, okay. the writing and trying to stay awake during the king scenes. <laughs> so luckily, I mean, I, I, you had me like so scared for this episode and I. Yeah. I guess I was pleasantly surprised because he wasn't in it as much as he was in, uh, what was it, Mission to Cuba was the one or something? Yeah. yeah. M- Mission to Montreal. Okay, Mission to Cuba. Yeah, I'm sure we'll have a Mission <laughs> to Cuba somewhere yeah. along the line so here. Yeah, come back. Yeah. <laughs> but, man, my brain's just not working today. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> but... Yeah, so I mean, you know, when you have to have a bad character like that, you know, it just make him, he was just doing the doctor shit. And we, we did find out one, we actually did find out kind of Harvey's uh, motivations mm-hmm. uh, and it's that he is terminally ill and Dr. King actually right. got to see that. And uh, so he was just trying to, to grab up what booty he could for his, his mm-hmm. high maintenance wife. Which he admits, was, like, you, you see my wife, right. she likes money. So if yes. I want to at least keep that till I die, I need money. So, to, right. you know, can't really blame the man. He's looking for <laughs> booty for his booty. Exactly. It's like, Jesus, I got, like, what, six months to live? I at least want to hold yeah. on to this hot wife while I'm, while I'm going yeah. out. <laughs> so can't really blame him, but 
uh, he messed with the, the wrong Avenger, apparently. So. Yeah. Uh, there is another... Um, there's a 007 connection in this episode. It's Michael Mellinger, who uh, played Frasier. Now, who is he? Because I barely remember that character. Frasier was the barber. Oh, okay, yep. He... Um, he goes on to be one of the henchmen in Goldfinger. Ah, all right. Who gets dispatched during the Fort Knox. Ah. You know, so the... Uh, like henchman number five or something like something that? Something like that. Yeah. He's called Kish. Kish, okay. Yeah, yeah I, name. I, I'm, I'm thinking about revisiting, because I have everything up to date except for Spectre. So I'm thinking about maybe revisiting them uh, all 24 for uh, a reason. I think they're all on... Hulu right now. Yeah, I should do it myself, but so well, much to watch. I actually haven't I haven't seen Spectre yet or Quantum of Solace. I should finish off my Craig before I see the yeah, new well, one. Um maybe you want to listen to I think that we're calling it Craigslist. Uh-huh. <laughs> which is the special I recorded with the great Andrew Leyland, who of course is the narrator in our intro yes. segment. Um, and we did a whole discussion about the Daniel Craig bonds as they stand. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, that would be good. Um, I was saying to you before we we started this that we need to we need to suck it up and get up at six in the morning or something yeah. and get him on this show to get the the true British uh, perspective and can tell us I dumb yanks would... what we're getting wrong. <laughs> I should prop. I will ask him today if he has a favorite Avengers episode. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is this has a reputation as being probably one of the worst episodes ever. I wouldn't go that far. I, I Montreal is worse. Yeah, I, I gotta agree with that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't if, even remember Dead on Course, which is the last one. Uh, that we're going to have to suffer through with Dr. King. But um, it's just blah. It's just uh, like not very good. And considering that the only thing, the only thing we get close to action or suspense is John Rawlinson tackling a guy. It was not the most rewarding experience for me. No, at least they did have a... I mean, I thought it was nice that they wrote in, you know, Steed, basically. It's like, so where'd you play, basically? You know, rugby, yeah. I'm assuming. And so it, it added... You know, they actually attempted to add something to this one-dimensional character. And, you yeah. know, why, why... Well, we need the doctor to do a, a rugby tackle. So he played rugby somewhere, you know. Okay. The rugby so, tackle really um, wouldn't work with Kathy. She would have had to do the martial no, arts no. thing. Kathy would just throw throw him over her shoulder. Yeah, you know. we've seen it before. We know that when Kathy puts on the leather, shit's about to get real. Yeah, she could just so, like stare me down, and I would like drop my gun and be like, "Don't hurt me too much, but hurt me a little bit." Okay, I'm in trouble again with a girlfriend. <laughs> uh oh. Well, 
Um, she sits here when I, I edit all these things, and I forget. Uh-oh. I forget what I say about Kathy, and 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 then I get the sly, you know, There's side eye. There's nothing wrong with having a super crush. No, no, no. She 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 gave up all rights to uh to criticize my celebrity crushes when we first got together, and I found out mm-hmm. how badly she gushes for uh, Sean Connery in a kilt. So yeah, she's got nothing to say. <laughs> oh, do you know that? The, I learned this this morning. Sean Connery was the first choice to play Cybok. Oh, really? In Star one. Trek V, arguably the worst of the films. I, I, I gotta I'm not defend a that Trek one fan, too. But I've watched all the films except for Insurrection, which for some reason was weirdly unavailable when yeah. we did that episode of Better in the Dark. And I just trying to picture William Shatner up. Acting opposite Sean Connery, and it gives me the giggles. Yeah, that would have been some some good hamming right there. But uh, oh. I don't think. I mean, we we've seen Sean Connery do a, a Scottish yeah. Russian accent and a Scottish <laughs> Latino accent, and they're just both Scottish accents. And, and he is not afraid. I don't think a Scottish that... Vulcan accent would have probably scarred me for life. So. <laughs> and we all know he is. And we're going to be encountering Mr. Sir Connery way down the line. We get to the end of this journey. And as we learn in that film, Mr. Connery has no problem chowing down some scenery. No, no, never has. This is the winter of your discontent. Discontent. Sorry. <laughs> uh, one of those films I recognize as bad, but I still have affection for it. I think I saw it like when it first hit DVD, so I have little or no recollection I saw it of it at all. In the theater. I don't even Opening know. Night. Yeah. Yeah. At, I, at a theater on 33rd Street, in fact. I'd probably watch it more just to see Uma Thurman in the suit than anything else. So. Well, you know who was supposed to be on appeal before. Um, the, the ever um, popular prior commitments interfered. No. Um, Nicole Kidman. She arguably would have been better for the part um, at oh, that yeah. at time, but. And, and Nicole Kidman circa two thousand. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 And we're getting very pervy for some reason. Now, anyway. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I'll stop while I'm in trouble. <laughs> so, um, I would maybe, on, on a scale from one to five umbrellas, maybe uh, a two. We should we should probably start that for every episode. One yeah, to five I guess umbrellas. so. I guess so. Um, I'll give, I'll give learning, it. guys. I'll and give we've it got it 100 up. And 69 <laughs> shows to do, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll give it about 2, 2.5. I'll have to give it 2.25 uh, okay. umbrellas because I liked it so slightly better than you hated it. What? <laughs> <laughs> I said, I'll give props to the writing and the plot, and that's that's yeah. about it because it wasn't. McNee was on. I mean, he he's yeah. consistent in just about all of them. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, everything else was just kind of there, but I said I'll give it points for for a good plot attempt anyway, and and for not letting King do too much. Yeah, <laughs> I so, guess I had um, to give him the tackle at the end there. It couldn't mm-hmm. have been, but I almost wish they'd gone into more like 
a couple throwaway lines on why Steed, you know, couldn't find anybody else for this. This is one of his yeah. more important missions, you know. Mm-hmm. And he's getting like no support from. I guess he wasn't getting any support from special services in his own organization or something. Yeah. You would think they would have minions he could go out with and watch Steed's back instead mm-hmm. of making him go get a doctor that has very little to yeah. none espionage work <laughs> experience. Is, yeah, it, it's. Not until we get to the, I think really like the color seasons, where we start to see subordinate spies. Yeah. Um, and by the time we get to the new Avengers, Steed it has become mother. But but when uh, is, yeah, yeah. But when they write the companions, I mean, they all are kind of written like they're savvy and they are kind of in the organization, or at least. I guess the talented amateurs are independent contractors, right? Because um, King, you know, is, has knowledge of of what Steed does and such, you know, obviously, mm-hmm. and who he works for, and and you know, he's he's kind of suspected along with Steed that he might be a double agent. Um, so, I mean, he's you know, he's in the wheelhouse of the organization. He's akin to like. The, the mob doctor, you know, that right. you take the gangsters to when they get shot up, you know, when you can't go to a hospital. Um, but you don't take the mob doctor out on, you know, on major, yeah. <laughs> major That's operations. Kind of Come on, doctor. Yeah. We need some, you know, field medicine possibly, but, yeah. you know. And the thing is, I, these kind of questions didn't come up when we were looking at the Keel episodes because Keel seemed to have a feistiness to him. Yeah. And he delegated authority. He put his female companions in danger, right. as Steve does to his. <laughs> because we have an origin story for him. Yeah. We understand why he gets involved, unlike with Venus and right. Kathy. Yeah, and that, that would have been nice if they could have kind of continued with him. or, or Yeah. Um, so, yeah, about... I'd say two two umbrellas. You say two point two five, so basically two umbrellas in a handle. Yeah. <laughs> and um, luckily, but it doesn't open. Yes. <laughs> we we are back to Steed and Gale for next four time. episodes. Actually, four in a row. I think it is. Yes. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think this one's going to be an interesting. Did Steve tap that? That's all I'm going to say. Okay. Because uh, it is called Death on the Rocks. It involves diamonds and marriage. Ooh. So, Kathy after yes. to play Steve's wife. So mission? we'll find. Yes, we will find. Out. Uh, to the best, of my, I've seen all of these at least once, and to the best of my recollection, there's only one time they actually kiss on screen, hmm. but this isn't the one. All right. Um, but yeah, uh, th- this is, will be a relief after the the boring Doctor uh, Doctor King. He's just if that guy could have been you know acted, he probably would have been brilliant because he definitely mm-hmm. has the look of a star, you know, uh, whatever the hell that means. He got the chiseled jaw, but man, just. A chiseled jaw just doesn't go anywhere. It's just fucking wired shot. <laughs> it's just in one expression. <laughs> oh, sorry. 
I mean, luckily we get back. To, it's a PG thirteen show. I'm allowed one fuck yeah. in every show, I, uh, and I don't bleep myself, so I, that's why I click the little adult mm-hmm. content thing. I, I was going to try to not do that in this podcast, but I'm incapable. Mm-hmm. So this is the first of several uh, superiors for Steve that only show up once. Oh, like one twelve, one ten? You mean? Yes. Yeah. Well, one ten yeah. is ba- one ten comes back because Douglas uh, Douglas Muir uh, is um, is kind of a, a recurring character. It's like the closest thing we have to a recurring character, other than the regular cast at this point. And um, but we are going to meet in the future one six. Charles, okay. uh, 1 7, 1 15, and Quilpy. Quilpy? Quilpy! Uh, oh, okay. I was just going to ask you, like, did anyone ever, you know, is there. Did anyone ever do, like, a Star Trek technical manual, you know, fan book on, like, the organization or anything for the Avengers? Seems like a open market. Maybe we the should. The closest thing I can say is that Brian uh, Clemens was once asked about what, what Steve, who Stephen Peel actually worked for. Right. Because they deal with internal security concerns like MI5 and also international concerns like MI6. And, and he said, oh, oh, they're MI6 and a half. Yeah, okay. That, that maybe I, MI5 question. and a half, possibly. Or... Yeah. I, I like to think, because I, I, I thought, I believe, yes, I've actually thought about this in the past, people, that whatever organization mother ultimately mother heads, there are like these like cells, like terrorist cells. Right. With a overseer and several agents. Yeah. Yeah, it's got to be. I mean, it's almost like a mercenary unit because, I mean, they're obviously... Which probably also... I'm sorry. Oh, I mean, because they're obviously not above doing, like, you know, they're doing, like, bodyguard work and stuff, so... Yeah. I mean... Um, It it also explains why we we have Father in the very peculiar episode, Killer, which is a long way away. Mm. But actually, it's it's a very interesting episode, and I... Go, we're going to go into the backstory of that one because that is the only appearance of a fourth Avengers girl. Ah, okay. You know who who steps in when uh, Tara King is not available. So, um, but yeah, so that's it, folks. That's what we got. It's it wasn't very good, but don't worry, we're going to have sexy time next month, assumingly. And we promise not to talk about the Cats movie this episode. So. <laughs> no Cats movie talk. Or any um, other talk. Oh, I, I know your rage at uh, well, no, luckily Joker didn't win Best Picture. No, but. no I, I was very I was very pleased. So I actually called off my riot. <laughs> still, um, no, Phoenix, he did a hell of a job, but I still don't know if it's just at a, if it's mm-hmm. Oscar worthy or whatever that means but uh, Pitt fucking the, deserved the it though was with the cows though yeah I'm like huh this is about movies why are you talking about don't 
keep the cows? I don't know. <laughs> not, not a lot of other uh, Avengers news, which is not surprising. I have not heard hide nor hair from either uh, Shane Black or Frank. Um, what is his name? Ah, uh, the guy. He's the guy who directed Fred Decker. That's it. Who was at? Who were at one time talking in public about we're developing an Avengers reboot? Yeah. And to be honest, this now granted. I had this opinion before I saw The Predator. Yeah. I was thinking that is probably one of the few Americans that I would trust to do an Avengers reboot. They're talking just a movie or the series? Oh, no, a series. A, really? a reboot of the series. They, t- they talked about how they wanted to make it um, – they wanted to make it a period piece, and they wanted to make it, as they put it, James Bond meets Doctor Who. Yeah. Um, th- that was about it. I so just, I like Shane Black's work, but I just don't see why that's a good idea. I don't know. Well, well first off, we know <laughs> that Shane, Shane Black is good with double acts. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, if anything, that's his forte, yeah. That, that's his forte, and... Um, I think that that the both of them have an appropriately skewed sense of humor, which I think is needed because, of course, you know that when they're talking about we're rebooting the Avengers, not not rebooting this Avengers we're talking about right now. Right. But what the Avengers becomes in about three years. So just, I don't know, just do spy... TV show with oh, the humor that's not yeah. called the Avengers. May I request, if you are listening, Mr. Black and Mr. Decker, <laughs> um, talk talk to Karen Gillan. I okay, that, I, that, I that might win me over. That might Shoot win me. me over. Yeah. Yes. I want to see Karen Gillan in the cat suits. I <laughs> love me some Karen Gillan, and I think she and she's one of those actresses that's pretty much game for anything. She shaved her head and turned blue for a Marvel movie. Yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah. She had she had a wig made for her private time. Yeah, but yeah, shaved her head. Didn't it count on CGI bullshit? No. But yeah, but the question would be, who would play Steed though? She's I don't doing think the freaking Jumanji movie, so I think an Avengers show would like, yeah, be a step exactly. up before. <laughs> oh, oh, and. and I'd be willing to forgive you if you let her keep her Scottish accent. That would be interesting. That would be an interesting uh, dynamic or, you know, a little change there that I could maybe live with. Damn, if I I don't like me a Scottish accent on a woman. (laughs) I admit I have a particular fetish for tall redheads with Scottish accents. I think any healthy person does, really. (laughs) Yeah, Um, and... uh, (laughs) Miss Gillen is six six even, so. Wow, I didn't realize she was that tall. Wow. She's, she's that she was so tall that Stephen Moffat had to redesign the Daleks for his season. Yeah. <laughs> Russell C. Davies designed the Daleks so that they would be eye level with Billy Piper. Gotcha. Well, so, that's whole new levels to my Amy Pond fantasies. <laughs> Let me tell you, her knowing that she's six foot. 
Yeah, she's, she's a tall drink of water. So it's like it's basically, admittedly, this fetish is very specialized because it's basically Karen Gillan and Shirley Manson of garbage. <laughs> but um, who I hear is a very nice person and did one of the better Bond themes. So and kicked some ass in the, in the Terminator TV show too. Yeah, yeah. See, I, Shirley Manson, I could one of the, the things I liked about that Bond theme in case we're, we're talking about the theme to the world is not enough mm-hmm. is that Shirley Manson is one of the few people that have ever performed a bond theme that I could see in a bond movie. Right. Yeah. She's, she's a striking woman. Yes. I mean, no, no offense to, uh, what's her name from, for your eyes. Only. Sheena Easton, but I don't see, see you as a bond woman. Or uh, Carly Simon, or God help us, Cheryl Crow. (laughs) Love me some Cheryl Crow, but oh, that is one of the worst. I'm actually thinking about writing or either writing or or putting together a a audio presentation about the the Bond themes and which ones I think are the best and which ones I think are the worst. I've been thinking about that a lot because, of course, I've been thinking about Bond a lot because I've been recording with Andrew and um, I've had a discussion with my good friend Nick Kaufman about the Billie Eilish uh, theme, which is college dishwater, which is surprising coming from Billie Eilish. I know I'm a former classic rock DJ, but I, I got to go with like uh, two of my favorites for uh, got to be the Paul McCartney and the uh, Carly Simon. <laughs> See? See that now? I know it's the all Roger Paul Moore. I grew up with Roger Moore before I, I even discovered it. It should not work. <laughs> it should not work because, of course, this this was written during that that weird period of time where McCarthy was just trying to recreate a day in the life by just like jamming several songs together. Yeah. Um. But it does work. And I think also it works because it's the first of a new bond. So because it is sl- it is somewhat different, it is a signal that this is not the bond you should expect. Right. It's the uh, Beatles bond, man. Yeah. Beatles fan bond. Yes, yes. I don't know. Yacht rock bond. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, rock bond. Yep. I would love. I would love for somebody to design a T-shirt for yacht rock bond. <laughs> I wear it. All right, plane um, might be crashing. No, all right, good. Okay. So <laughs> there's some loud planes going over my house always, and you just one of these days, you know, sometimes they sound really close. So sorry, okay, I'm I was about to dive under the table. <laughs> Anyway, let's wrap this up. So if we tangent again, we'll, we'll have a revolt on our hands. Okay. <laughs> so, guys, as always, if you want to keep up with any sparse Avengers news that we kind of dig up, uh, join our Facebook group with Umbrella, Charm, and Bowler. Um, are you going to be doing another another season of Garage Sale Gloat when it gets warmer? Oh, I'm hoping to, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, I'm sure Mr. Honeywell will be up for it. And I'd miss it if we didn't. My mom wants to do it again, so 
Um, and I've talked to someone else around here that might want to go out with us. So we're, we're actually trying to recruit people into our madness now. So, and I'd love <laughs> okay. to get Dario Gonzalez back for uh, for another show or two. He needs to come and visit Western New York again. Dario, we know you're okay. listening. Well, uh, speaking of Dario, there may be another Two True Freaks commentary coming next month. Because Chris is coming down here to New York, and we have talked about a commentary on a certain recent film that, shall we say, is very, very vibrant. <laughs> and uh, also, look out! Look out for. I think it's being called Craigslist. I think we've all agreed on that. Craigslist, which is the first of I hope to be a series of occasional specials that I'll be doing with various people. I've talked to Shag Matthews about doing something about the, what we call in Doctor Who fandom, the wilderness years. Okay. And uh, I, as I said to, to Andrew this morning, I said, I think it might be time for me to get off my ass and actually start watching that complete uh, collection of UFO episodes. So I'd, we can I'd talk be about down with discussing that anytime too. Another show I grew up with. Yeah, well, yeah, well, it's it was it was just funny because one time on my Facebook I said, "What licensed property would you like to see me tackle?" And Andrew said UFO, and I said, "You know, I haven't thought about that in a while." And I did some research, and they're all available on archive.org. Oh, they're all on Hulu right now too, or one of my TV channels here that I yeah, and my Roku so. stick. So yeah. Um, but yeah, so follow follow us on Facebook. I don't know. I'm, uh, I, me being a guest on your show seems to be a curse because you still haven't gotten out that Doom Patrol episode that we did. Oh God! <laughs> yeah. Well, you know why? Because the the old the old laptop fried and it, that was uh, on it. Oh man, this sucks. So episodes two and three now only exist on the Patreon page. I'll have to download it and tr- you know work it work it or something. Um, but yeah, um, but yeah. So follow Garage Sale Gloat. Uh, Weekly Heroics is now done. I mean, until yeah, maybe, probably, maybe. Okay. I don't know. Uh, just been having some things going on, and this is about the only thing that my creative brain can handle. I want a guest on. I want to be a guest on a lot of shows for a while. That's mm-hmm. my goal right now because <laughs> uh, I don't sure, have to edit sure. them. I- if you, well, you know, I think I can safely say, as one half of the brain trust that, that runs the Honeywell experiment, <laughs> if you have a favorite Grindhouse movie, let us know and we'll have you on. Ooh. Um, hmm, challenge accepted. Okay. I'll definitely think about that. So, and yes, Honeywell experiment is still continuing. Uh, what what do we have for, th- for this month? Excuse me for a second while I look this up. Mm-hmm. I got the page right here. Let me see. Well, I know that this month we did Thriller or Cruel Picture, but I'm looking for what we have set up for March. Okay, Honeywell Experiment. Here we go. Give me a second. Thriller or Cruel. Oh, Eat My Dust oh, is nice. our March. <laughs> is my March epi- it's is our Ross March Myers, episode. Myers, isn't it? No, Eat My Dust is the first of a trilogy of redneck romances. This one starring a young Ron Howard. 
Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the deal it. was Ron Howard agreed to star in in this film. Basically, he agreed to star in this because Roger Corman said, "If you star in this film, I'll give you a second film. I'll give you a film to direct on your own." So all those great Ron Howard films that we've had in the in the past. It's all uh, wow, nice. It's all because of Eat My Dust, the, um, the the saga of a young rebel boy who steals Mr. Kincaid's uh, race car and goes on a wild spree with a girl that he really wants to bang. And you got that, you know, probably from American Graffiti. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and this kids course, can do racing films. To... Yeah. So that's coming out. And the Honeywell Experiment. And is there anything else? Look out for the Craigslist. We're going to have that out sometime before uh, the April 4th debut of uh, No Time to Think of a Better Title. um, There's lots of other wonderful things. The startling vault of monster horror, terror, is is going through VHS hangers on, which is kind of cool. They, they did one of my favorites, Chopping Mall, recently. I remember Chopping Mall. Robot. Uh, yes. Evil robot, right? Yeah. Have a nice day. Yeah. <laughs> um, Earth Destructive Directive is going strong. You can, whatever, as they like to say, whatever your geek is, you can probably find a podcast about it on Two True Freaks. If you're into Sentai, there's a whole Power Rangers podcast. Nothing but Power Rangers. There's music, there's movies, there's even books. There's, there's yes, there's... required reading with, uh, not Hannah. Hannah's... Isn't it Tom? Hope Molinex, right? No, no, no. Um, where is it here? They just did the Aeneid, didn't Tom they? Tom Stella. It's Tom uh, Panarese. Oh, Stella. And, Stella Bauman. Moose. Yeah, and uh, Tom Panarese, I think it is. Okay. Yeah, Tom Panarese. So, yeah. Go right. to twotruefreaks.com. Take a look around. We are adding new podcasts every month, it seems. And they, they do some heavy and, and iconic books and even like comic yeah. book stuff. I mean, they're, they've done Vanity Fair and, you know, yeah. Fahrenheit 451. Me, and, if you're a big, you know, literature fan, that's your jam there. Yep. Yeah. So. Uh, Can't say we're just, you know, the weird comic and, and sci-fi stuff. Um, we, we, yeah. We got some creative chops and some. And we also do a... And then you have people like me that just does silly shit. <laughs> well, well, this is an index show. <laughs> For the, I don't know, five people who actually are still devoted to the Avengers. So, um, so yeah. Um, please consider we're gonna. Oh, that's the other thing we should mention. There's gonna be a new website soon. Ah, yeah. Um, there's sure. gonna be a new website. Uh, each show will have its own uh, community. Knock on wood. They don't want to count yeah. chickens before they hatch, but this one's hatching. Um, well, last I heard from from Chris, it's it's going well. Yeah. 
but we're going to have our own blog and our own, like I guess, like Discord channel or something. Yeah. So it's going to hopefully bring interactivity to a new dimension. So watch for the new Two True Freaks. Yeah, I'm at the point I'd almost rather just, I'll probably like Weekly Heroics will probably, I'm already kind of formulating uh, maybe having more of just a Weekly Heroics blog that runs down the, uh, you know, what superhero stuff's going on and, and not necessarily, and just do the podcast on special occasions and stuff. But I'd actually am kind of more in the a place that I'd rather start writing about some of this stuff and just talking about it. So we shall see. That would be awesome to have. Yes. So you think I can babble on a microphone, folks? You ain't seen nothing yet. Uh. <laughs> so, um... Guys, we'll see you next month with uh, Death on the Rocks. Ain't no oh. big surprise. Pour me a drink and I'll tell you some li- Wait, no, that's Neil Diamond. I'm sorry. Love on the Rocks. <laughs> we all do that at karaoke this week and Weird get beat up. <laughs> Neil Diamond auditioned for the role of Superman. Did he really? He probably yes. made. I mean, that that makes sense. Superboy was a good Jewish boy. Yeah. So I mean, that would have worked. Uh, I would love. <laughs> way, I would love. Forever to see in that. blue trunks. Yes, <laughs> that would have been perfect. Oh yeah. Well, if you ever talk to tonight's free, family, but it can't. Never mind. About no. some of the stuff that the original the original production was about they wanted to have Telly Savalas in it yeah yeah Why uh, not? you know Mario Puzo wrote the screenplay yes. so. apparently <laughs> um Luther has a nervous tick eight tissues eight tissues eight tissues okay. yes eight tissue paper there was a lot of cocaine going around writers' rooms in the seventies. I just I want to put that out there. And, yeah. and of course, since we're we're bringing him up, by all means, go to the Fortress of Bailey-Tude and uh, examine some of the fruits of Michael Bailey's labor because Michael Bailey is a great, great man. So, I guess that's it, huh? Oh, oh, one more thing. Of course, if you want to, of course, uh, support this and other podcasts that I'm involved with. There's a, there's a new one coming. We're doing the pilot this weekend. Um, just get ready, get ready for uh, a Columbus, Ohio storm warning. But you're spinning you're a lot spinning. of plates, my friend. That's, that's what I know, happened to I me. Know. I, 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 it occurs to me. It occurs to At me. At one that, point that, I had like four weekly podcasts and I'm just like, well, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> well, you know what? It is? The thing is, is that I think that, <laughs> There, there are some podcasts I do, like uh, The Horrors of My Life, which is an exclusive Patreon to for Dread Media. Uh-huh. Uh, and that's just once a month I watch a movie and spend 15, 15 minutes to a half an hour talking about it. Yeah. Boom. Um, I think that Thomas DJ's watching is dead. <laughs> it is dead in the water. Um, and there are some... There are some that are just occasional things. Yeah. You know, uh, Chris wants me to do come for the movies, come to the movies officially. Good. Yeah. That's as has a two true freaks podcast. But the thing is, it's dependent on me actually going to a movie theater. 
Right. Which means depended on me having money. Um, and this new one is just here's this really interesting person with really with really fun uh, views on comics. She is a younger fan. I'm an older fan. This will be. This could be a fun thing for people to listen in. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, so, so, Hurricane Anna. Hurricane Anna is making her debut, folks. Coming soon. Sweet. We're going. We're going. We're going to uh, Flushing Meadow Park, and then we're going to find ourselves a cafe, and we're going to talk. I think that we're going to talk about the question of Charles Xavier, role model or creepy old cult leader. Why can't we be both? Maybe uh, we yeah. can be both. There's always vanilla. So, yeah. <laughs> so, guys, if you want to support this and other um, of my related podcast endeavors, uh, please consider joining the Domicile of Dread Patreon, which is at djsdomiciledread.patreon.com, and visit the DJ's Namasal of Dread uh, website, which is DJ's Namasal of Dread.blogspot.com. I'm presently doing, at the behest of a friend of mine, a list of my favorite cheesy horror movies from the 70s and 80s. And if you want to just send me money to support yes. my drinking habit, you can uh, email me at cheapscottproductions at gmail.com and I'll give you my PayPal. Right. Or you can <laughs> buy us a coffee. Yeah, that too. We do yeah. have a coffee. We do have a. You don't know if you don't ask. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, it's it, there is a coffee page which I think it coffee page is I th- yeah coffee co ko slash fi dot com slash thomas dj if you wanna just give us a pat on the back and say good job and I promise I will send half of it to Scott. <laughs> Yay, love coffee. Coffee is life. <laughs> And I gotta go get some, so I can no longer continue to talk right now. And there's there's like a there's like a mug with half a cup of coffee, and the coffee's already cold because it's been in transit. That's why the good Lord made microwaves. Ah, there you go. So I'm good. So until next time, folks, take good care of mother. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T W O. T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening, and join us every Monday for new episodes of Two Two True True Freaks. Freaks.